Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren. Uh, you're here listening to all things Rutgers recruiting. A signing day is upon us, the early signing period, but it's really National Signing Day now. Rutgers will be signing 19, maybe 20 um, new recruits, new commits out of high school. Uh, it, it's a big week, so we need to sort out a lot of different stuff and talk a lot of recruiting. So to help me out, I have the one and only, the man from North Jersey, Sean Brown, recruiting analyst extraordinaire. Sean, good to have you on. Bobby, what's going on? It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I you know, Sean, it's this is the time of the year it gets kind of busy. Well, every year is all the year is busy, but it gets really uh, you know, it, it's a transitional time, I should say. Uh, you know, guys signing letters and and making things official, last minute visits, guys flipping. Uh now you have the transfer portal going on. Um, you know, Rutgers signing 19, potentially 20 guys, um, 19 are guaranteed at the time of recording this it's 19. Um, you know, are you expecting anything down the stretch? I mean, is this, is this what it is now? Everybody's committed is not as much fireworks. I mean, uh, how would you kind of characterize this version of the early signing period? Yeah. You know, at least for the, the high school guys, it appears to be pretty quiet outside of what happened with the the recent offeree uh, uh, Chidney from from uh, Maryland, and just with his recruitment, what's been going on there? It's you know he was a guy that Rutgers was was keeping tabs on for a while. Uh, I think Marquise Watson, who D line coach, recruits that area of Maryland. That's I believe near Baltimore. He had you know been down. They they kept tabs on him. Has a great athletic profile. He's a, a over 60 foot shot put. I think he was a state champion in Maryland last year uh, with those numbers um, was committed to old dominion, which did, they've had a rough go of it. I saw obviously besides this recruitment, obviously a John Shepard, I saw another power five, maybe Syracuse uh, flipped uh, old dominion commit this past weekend as well. Um, Ricky Ronnie and those guys doing a good job of evaluating obviously, but um, you know, he's a guy that Rutgers got on uh, in this recent evaluation period and then a lot of other schools have now come around um, with Nebraska offering, uh, Maryland offering as he came off his Rutgers official visit, and then Penn State offering soon after that. Uh, so he's the guy I know for Rutgers, they're, they're going all in right now. They, they obviously had him on campus for the official. Uh, Greg Schiano went in home already, so they're, they're shooting every um, bullet in the barrel right now because odds are that's how recruiting works. You know, if, if he doesn't get through this week, uh, signed, you know, then he's he's going to be uh, open for for play and, and be available for these other schools. Yeah, and you know, uh, your name just popped up and really took off. He's a four star now, Tim Diono. Um, Greg is really putting a full court press on him. You can't blame him. You try to get this guy locked up, it will be a big win. But, you know, there are some other guys with four-star potential maybe to finish high in the rankings. I know you've seen some of them. Um, you know, one of the guys uh, you, you've seen, you know pretty well, uh, Ian Strong. I mean, is, is this a four-star legit guy? You know, it, it, I think he's got a shot. You know, he was a guy that uh, myself and Brian Doan got a chance to watch live um, early in the season during the uh, the battle in the Raritan at Rutgers. They had a a shootout versus uh, St. Joe Montvale of North Jersey. And, and Ian, he, you know, he had mentioned to me after the game that he didn't really play much receiver until this season. Um, you know, St. Anthony's, it's a really big school. They have the ability to have guys go one way. Um, so they're, 
it worked out for him that there wasn't a lot of film available uh, for him playing wide receiver. And most, I mean, they really prolific offense. They just won the uh, New York Catholic League Big School title this fall. Um, really, you know, explosive offense. And I think most schools especially paid more attention to 2024 target Corey Duff Jr. And then you have this other uh, big athletic 6'4 guy running down the field making plays as well. Um, and he he did a lot, you know, really flexible position-wise to the point now where uh, if you if you read um, uh, our article with Ian today, um, you know, in his discussion with Coach Shiano at the end of the official visit, they're saying, hey, we, we got to figure out where you're going to play. Before it seemed like maybe he sticks in like a box safety for them, um, you know, with a frame that can grow into – uh, a backer like uh, like Tyree Powell, maybe even an edge guy, uh, but he gave them something to think about on the offensive side of the ball uh, when he when he gets on campus in in a few weeks. And they need wide receivers too, so it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, most definitely. He he's really he's a really interesting player. Yeah, he's you know type that's the best player on the field, and you just line him up in a place where he can give you a, a mismatch advantage. When I, I saw him. In that game, he mainly played as kind of like a nickel backer, almost an edge guy closer to the line of scrimmage. But the other times where they, they played him in like maybe as more of a, a traditional free safety in space for St. Anthony's also. OK. And, you know, uh, you mentioned Johnny Shepard before, and, and it's their quarterback commit from uh, Iona Prep in New Rochelle, New York. He was previously committed to Old Dominion. His guy at Old Dominion's, <laughs> he's uh, identifying talent, but he, he's, you know, they're, they're stripping the cupboard of him there. But uh, uh, nonetheless, Rutgers has this quarterback in the fold, and, and I know you mentioned him to me well before he committed to Old Dominion or flipped and went to Rutgers. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are asking, what, what's up? with this quarterback you know he's a late get um what is what can you say about a johnny shepherd as a player you know he you know it's, it's interesting um you know i've gotten to know uh coach fags that uh i own a prep really well over the past couple of years or so uh awesome guy been an awesome program and he i remember he he had asked me um just curious about how many schools how many power five schools had guys committed uh, already um maybe the spring of this year and, and most of the power fives are already finished and it's i think it's tough for some quarterbacks now if if you are not uh, a starter by your sophomore year uh it's hard to get on the power five radar and get a power five spot um because quarterback recruiting is is moving faster and faster every year guys are committing immediately after their junior seasons now and then that obviously starts to dominoes because there's only uh, what is it like 70 power five schools uh, right now with the yes. initial schools going to the to the big 12 so there's there's limited slots um, and when one guy goes you know it's like all right I was choosing between these three schools and I'm going to choose between these two and you know so um, there were not a lot of slots available and for for Shepard he was in a situation where um, there was a quarterback uh, older quarterback Darius Wilson who was a day one starter at William & Mary uh, as, a, as a freshman. They, I think they were in the FCS playoffs this year. So he was behind him uh, for, for those two years. And then his, his first season as a starter uh, was affected by COVID. Uh, you know, he started late in New York, but he had a, he had a pretty strong um, junior season. You know, got on school's radars, but schools hadn't seen him live. Um, they only had film and stuff. And he had that, that finally had that junior film. Uh, by the time schools got to come out, I think between 
the the stigma of of New York football in general, and it, the football's getting way better in the state, but that stigma, Northeast in general, also um, schools having their guys. He didn't he didn't have um, the Power Five options that I think some some people anticipated. I know, and in, in speaking to Coach Fagnola, you know they had, as I mentioned, Wilson. They had another quarterback, uh, Robertson, who started day one at Maine. So he he knows what a Division one quarterback looks like, and he he was persistence and. I know what a D1 guy looks like. Shepard's a power five guy. Um, he he never moved from that stance. Uh, but obviously, um, a lot of schools had their guy. Rutgers was around for a while. Um, his um, Andrew D. Uh, Rienzo, his father Lou, who coached Ray Rice, is on the staff at Iona Prep. So they they know the kid extremely well. Um, he was one of the guys that Sean Gleason evaluated in in the spring and the summer. Um, obviously. Sean had other guys that he liked that he pushed for Rutgers to offer. Uh, Johnny went with his best option, which is Old Dominion. Um, and actually, you know, Brian mentioned it in his avow, I think, when he was on the podcast last. Although, statistically, Johnny did not have as strong as a year as he did his prior year. Um, you know, I think some of the, the flaws in, 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 in throwing motion and overall just in technical aspects of the position, he cleaned up a bit. Uh, over the, the course of senior season, but was still a very productive player um, and continued to stay on the Rutgers radar. Uh, and there were some other power five schools that were, were snooping around with this, this era of the transfer portal. I mean, you never know what quarterback's going to do now. So there were a lot of schools that, that were keeping tabs, um, that were thinking of potentially offering, depending on what happened with uh, their quarterback uh, on their team, you know, but, but Rutgers had the in. They maintained that contact. Uh, it gave them an option to, to play close to home. And, it, you know, Rutgers obviously making New York City, New York State a priority. They had Ian Strong in the fold. They had Dylan uh, Brathwaite in the fold already. These are guys that know him from the Catholic League extremely well. Uh, and they were able to, to work him as well. And it, it worked out when Rutgers offered. He knew he wanted to play power five football. So you're getting a, a kid that has a, um, he's very fit. He, he's really thick. Well, built. he actually lost weight. He was playing, I think closer to 220. He was around 230 in his sophomore year, lost some, some weight, looks real muscular. You see a real sturdy frame right there. Um, you know, powerful arm can make all the throws. He's asked to do a lot. And now die on a prep offense. Um, he's able to throw in the tight windows. Um, he, he can run the ball as well. He's got a real sturdy frame where he, he could take a pound and you can run him on inside runs. Um, he's not a burner where you, you expect him to get the corner and go 80 yards on someone, but he can get you some yards on the outside as well. Um, and they do a lot of the same principles in the Iona prep offense. Um, and, and what, you know, Nunzio wanted to implement what we think Greg wants to do offensively, depending on who they hire, uh, be able to, you know, make some quick reads, hit a guy in space, throw it to a space, like him running and catching the space. Uh, Johnny can do a lot of those things. Definitely. Okay. And Sean, you know, I get asked this question quite a bit, and I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, there's there's 19 definite guys that are going to sign on Wednesday. Who do you like as a guy who could come in and contribute? Well, first of all, a guy who can contribute early, and then who do you like as a guy who could be a, a star in this class? Uh, for a guy that can contribute early, um, I like Fama Torre. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of him. I I remember seeing him when you go, you know, obviously we've known Mo for a while. Uh, you you shot the commitment video for Mo. And then you see this this tall, linky kid who's already taller than his older brother just need to fill out. You're like, Mo, who's that? Oh, that, that's Fama. He, he's next up. Um, and to, to see him fill out 
Uh, he's another guy that is, you know, physically he has a body where he's ready to compete at the college level. Um, really strong hands, um, you know, really good at, at catching the ball with his hands, consistent hand catcher. Um, it shows some ability after the catch to make plays. And even Irvington, when they were down this year, a quarterback, you know, you move your your best athlete to quarterback. They did that a lot with Fama to make sure that he he touched the ball quite a bit um, and was able to make plays with his hands. So I, I think when you think about someone that could potentially play early um, and they need wide receivers, right? They, they graduated a lot of guys. There is available mm-hmm. playing time for Definitely. who they're going to sign. So I think there's a very good opportunity for him. And I, I think it's, if I remember correctly, but I think he might be able to enroll early, but even if he can't, mm-hmm. Irvington is close enough where he can come down. He can, he can work with Jay Butler and those guys get in the weight room. Once he signed, you know, can, can do some, you know, just run around and work out with guys in his free time. And, you know, it won't be officially in the program, but he can get uh, as much work as he possibly can since he he is close geographically. Um, So I think for, you know, he's a guy that stands out to me as, you know, someone that could really, you know, help them from day one. Um, And then when you look at, you know, the rest of the, of the, of the roster and guys who can potentially um, have an impact down the line, you know, I, I think there are two for me personally that, um, are really interesting. I really like Logan Blake quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, it's, he played out, you know, his, his, his prep career at a Delaware Valley uh, out mm-hmm. in Western Jersey. So it, it was very easy to, to get lost out there. Uh, and I remember um, some of the coaches that, that played against him were, were wondering how did this kid go under the radar and why was he not a, a, a division one kid? And I, I didn't personally know about Logan until, he transferred to Hun, and then Rutgers offered, you know, I think that that next day. And I watched him the mm-hmm. film. I'm like, I'm like, holy crap! Like, how do we, how do we miss this this six seven two fifteen kid um, yeah. who is you know very athletic on the basketball court as well? Uh, so you know, he he fits the mold of, of what schools are recruiting at the tight end position. Uh, and I think having that that extra year at Hun, uh, working with Todd Smith, who does an amazing job getting those guys together, um, who's an O line guru would definitely help because Logan was split out quite a bit uh, at the high school level. But I think he was able to learn some of the aspects of being an inline blocker uh, while still being able to build on his skills as a receiver. You know, he's, he has to grow into the body. He's, you know, he's legit six, 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 seven. Like when you walk up to him, like your neck hurts, like like, that kid's legit legit tall, Um, (laughs) you know, so he'll have a chance Mm -hmm. to, you know, grow into his frame and, and, and work and, and eat unlimited at the Hale center. And I wonder with him not playing basketball now, and I'm not sure if he was like an AAU kid also, and how much time he was committed to that. But I'm right. curious to see how how fast he can get up to speed and tight end another position where you know there's there's playing time and maybe he's not a, a three down guy because I don't know how quickly he can contribute in the run game. But new OC might be able to do some creative things to split him out and, and take advantage of the size. Um, and you know another guy I, I really like. I mean, there's a few that. There's a lot of guys on here who they have these interesting frames. Um, Shiano has specifically spoken about having to be a developmental program. And I think especially in the NIL era where it may be more difficult to compete with to get the four and five star kids now um, that are going at the programs that have more resources than this. There are a lot of guys that have really interesting frames that that run well. Um, they, I'm just going to, I know I was supposed to give one. I got to give a couple more. I'm sorry, Bobby. I got to break the rules here. Um, <laughs> Do it. De- DeAndre Johnson really intrigues me. And I think like everyone initially, 
I was like, all right, you know, you see a kid, 6'8", 190, all right, he's going to be a tight end. And then mm-hmm. you, you, you see some of the, the senior film, and like, this kid runs really well at 6'8", 190. So, you know, does, does he stay at receiver? I, I, think, I think Demir Shaw and, um, you know, Joe Susan, Nunzio, they, they're going to have to figure that out on the new OC. But I think he might be a guy that can potentially stay at receiver. And the days of, of the big supersized receiver, it, it's not a thing now. You see mm-hmm. less and less those guys. But he, he runs well enough where I think he, he might be able to make it work. And obviously, it, with that frame, even if he does get up to, to 230 or so, he, he still will probably be really lean. And you know can probably run really well as a receiver. So he he pops to me. Uh, and then uh, last guy, I really like uh, Dylan Brathwaite. You, you can't teach speed. Um, he's super smooth. You know, I was unfortunately when I did see him that at the um, I think it was the Battle of the Bridge uh, when they played Immaculata. He he did go out early with an injury, um, missed most of the season because of that. You know, but there were a couple plays that popped. He he caught a punt um, and. Just how smooth it was. He had to go, you know, he had to run for the punt. It was over his shoulder. But the way he was able to transition and, like, Willie Mays catch it on the run. So, basically, you know how a punt returner is standing. But to turn and catch it, how smooth he caught that punt. Uh, mm-hmm. He almost broke that punt as well. And it, it, the, the speed is so smooth. He's not a big guy. But he he fits that mold of what schools are recruiting now, receiver, where you want speed. You want guys to be able to make plays in space. Um you know, he could possibly help in the return game. Obviously, you're graduating, uh, you know, Aaron Krushek, so you're going to need someone that can contribute in some way, shape, or form. So he has the type of hands where maybe he's a punt returner for you right away. Um, maybe he helps on kick returns, uh, but they want to get guys in space to make plays. And, you know, even even if he's just playing specials, like he – I really liked how he played at, at safety. And he, I don't think he's a safety for them. But he did a, a great job of playing the run. He was aggressive in playing the run, really good tackler. You know, so I think he's going to find his way on the field in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but it may be special where he has big impact initially, but we talked about the receiver depth chart. There, there is availability for, for these freshmen. It's up to them to come in and impress the coaches and get up to speed physically. Uh, so those are our three guys, um, and they're all coincidentally offensive that really pop for me uh, that can, can be some guys down the line for sure. Yeah. And you know, they need that speed. They need the receiver position to really upgrade. And uh, you know, it, it, it's almost like one of these guys has to come in and, and light a spark because you look, you know, you're losing Sean Ryan, you're losing Aaron Krushank, you, you Josh Youngblood never worked out. It's in the portal. Uh, Shameen Jones is gone. This is going to be an entirely new look receiving crew uh, this year. And, and some of these, these freshmen are really going to have an opportunity. I just realized you gave me a trick question, Bobby, because the automatic answer should have been Jake Eldridge. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it's that, easy that to overlook the long snappers, but you know, this that is the number one long snapper in the country. Up. Yeah. And what he's, he's going to be the guy from day one, unless, you know, uh, a walk on beats him, um, you know, so it's, it's his to lose at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's such a nuanced position though. I mean, we don't, you know, <laughs> I, I still, you know, we've been doing this how long I still don't know how to scout a long snapper. You got to have the stopwatch and, and see how quick it gets back. You know what mm-hmm. it is? I think, you know, from what I know, obviously, you know, you, you want speed, you want accuracy and snapping, but then also I think the, the one thing people don't think about as much is the ability to get down and, and actually cover a punt also. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. they are, 
traditionally what one of maybe the first guy, if not one of the first three, besides your gunners that are down there to make a play. So, you know, can you can you get down? Can you actually you know contribute and, and, and make a play in space on these on these shifty punt returners? Um, so I think all. All that comes into play, um, being able to have that skill set uh, and, and that athleticism. Yeah, and you remember Billy Taylor started five years, and he was always one of the first ones down there, uh, you know, to 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 try to make a play on a return man. Yeah, I think that's why he was able to uh, unseat Lucy because he was he was better overall incorporating that that coverage aspect as well. So, mm-hmm. and and yeah, and it's 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 a different era, you know. Alan Lucy came in as a as a scholarship guy and then was unseated, and, and now you're starting to see these guys. He, you know, Zach Taylor was a scholarship guy and you know didn't work out. He transferred, um, you know, after just a you know a brief stint here, and then um. You know, now you see Jake Eldridge coming in, number one long snapper in the country, part 24-7 sports. So I guess that's the easy pick for the most playing time early, right? Trick question. Trick question. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awful we overlook the kickers. But, uh, you know, I want to switch gears a bit and talk about the transfer portal. Um, obviously, Rutgers has been active in it, only landing one player so far in Eric Rogers. Um, but what are they getting in this kid? I, you know, I know you know him a bit from recruiting. Uh, corners a position that Greg really really emphasizes and uh you know you're losing uh christian broswell there uh so you, you need a little bit of help and they like to play three corners a lot like to rotate corners and and, and what are they getting in eric rogers yeah I, I remember him at camden catholic uh and, and seeing him in, in some of the camps and the one thing that stood out about him was you know the the length that he had at that point in time and i think i think it was usc that had offered him early during his recruitment as a high schooler. Um, and I thought more would come for him. I don't know if he just didn't test well or, or whatnot, but, you know, he, he had the the type of frame that, that Rutgers has been coveting uh, at the, at the defensive back position. He has a, he has a lot of eligibility as well. Um, you know, which is a big thing. It seems like they wanted, you know, a younger defensive back uh, versus some, some senior guys. They do have some, some depth returning um, at the position, but, you know, I think he definitely has the athleticism. I remember him being pretty fluid as well. He's a guy that that pops when you when you watch him in, in those camp settings. And you know, I think we talked about before. You go to the Rutgers camps. It's it's not like uh, you know the 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 camps that like our competitors have and stuff. We know all the kids that are there. You really just are, are going blind. You don't have uh, an idea of who the attendees are. Uh, but I remember Rogers just standing out. I remember him being pretty fluid in coverage you know, at his size uh, and, and popping. And I, I always just wondered why he didn't have more going on recruiting-wise uh, than what he did. But obviously, Rutgers knows him well uh, from South Jersey. He, he, you know, in the games he played for Northern Illinois, he was able to make an impact as well. And then he has a lot of years of eligibility. So the the upside in, in his development is, is a big thing as well for the getting him to transfer into Rutgers. And, and, you know, obviously went after wide receiver, um, you know, Devontae Walker of, of – uh, Kent State is a guy who was a, a legit target early on. Um, things have been kind of quiet there. Tight end, you saw them move on a couple guys. Um, uh, and, you know, Jelly, Joey Beljan of, of uh, uh, Belzer. I'm sorry. What, what, how did, what's his last name? Bel- so, Bel- I saw Beljan. Beljan, that's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> he has so Beljan. many names popping up. Anyway, he's a guy who's played in a bowl game. He's a target. Um, and what can we expect now? I mean, because just because signing day is coming up, it, it doesn't mean it's the end of transfer recruiting. Yeah, I mean, what I think is it um, January 18th, where we're tra- like for the transfer portal window. Um, mm-hmm. so there, there is still some time. Um, 
I, I don't remember exactly. I'm sure Rutgers ad drop is around that time when the semester starts. So there, there's still some time for, for transfers um, to, to make a move and, and to get a guy. Um, I think it'll be easier for, for Rutgers, um, you know, when an OC is in place. And I, I don't know if, if it's hurt him that much, but it's probably a combination of things um, at the position between uh, lack of OC, um, not as much production in the tight end position, um, that it's hard to sell for, for recruits as well. Um, and then also, you know, they're still trying to work through things with, with Gavin Winsett, right? And for him to, you know, really be the guy that, you know, 24-7 sports thinks he can be, uh, that the Rutgers program thinks he can be. Uh, and obviously, it's, it's easier sell for any receiver type if you, you're coming to play for, with a certain receiver and a certain type of offense and, and things of that nature. And it, there are some difficulties, I think, in the pitch for Rutgers right now, right? Um, versus um, the Fairweather uh, kid from Florida. I think he just committed to Auburn. Um, you know, um, you talked about CJ Dipper. He, he's a guy that has a lot of options. He was just at um, Alabama um, this past weekend. Uh, I know South Carolina was in the mix. That's a program that has, they used the, the tight end extremely well. Um, mm-hmm. Even even last year, uh, the, the Lafayette transfer, Rutgers had immediate playing time for him, uh, but he chose Iowa. Um, he I don't remember him playing when Rutgers played Iowa. If he did, he didn't have that big of an impact. But he chose Iowa solely for the reputation that they have to produce tight ends that go to the NFL, right? So it's it could be a tough sell for for Rutgers right now. Uh, with Joe, he does he does check some boxes. He's a local guy, he's a Jersey guy. You know, he's from the same high school uh, as Logan Blake. Uh, so I'm sure they know the coach and and they that relationship they're established. You know, but it's a matter of. Does he does he want to come home um, after being at Western Kentucky for X amount of time uh, and be able to play in front of friends and family? And he does have he did take another official visit. He, he played that very close to the vest. Wasn't telling anyone where else he went. I haven't seen anything leaked on where the university he, he visited this past weekend. Um, you know, Rutgers did a pretty good job when they had him the prior weekend. But it seems like right now. Um, he's their best option to get mm-hmm. someone in. And he checks a lot of the boxes they have for players they pursue out of the portal. Yeah, I don't even remember that tight end's name that went to <laughs> to Iowa from Lafayette. You said it. I was like, oh, yeah. So I think it was Almost. Steven Stiliano. It's not there you go. There you yeah. go. Some of these guys, they come and they go, you know. Right here, so right we'll see. We'll see a lot more coming and going. And Sean, I'm, I'm going to wrap this one up. But uh, any closing thoughts on this, you know, uh, pre-signing day show uh, and early signing period, whatever you want to call it? You know, it's um, it's always interesting to to see. Obviously, we've been doing this for a while and to to see uh, kids go on to the step where, you know, now they're going to go next level, go to college. Um, you know, I'm just looking through it as, as well. I think it's, you know, a lot of these guys seem to be early enrollees from what I know. I know John Stone will be there. Um, Nick Oliveri, another recent commitment, will be there as well, getting those guys on campus. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. This This was a, a recruiting class where, you know, it, it was tough with, with NIL kicking in right away um, and trying to compete with programs and not have the same amount of resources uh, for guys. And they really had to do a good job of, of evaluating players um, and f- getting guys that fit what they wanted, um, having to turn some stones over for some players and, and go to some some programs that maybe are, are not as heavily recruited. So this will be a class where I think we'll get an indicator on 
how strong the evaluation skills are um, in the Hale Center as well, because there's some some guys um, that obviously not highly recruited, but the measurables are there. Uh, production is there for those guys as well. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how it shakes out. The, the guy, um, you know, we talked a little bit about offline, uh, Jabril uh, Rahman from from uh, Montreal. When I think about it, I'm pretty sure he was at one of the Rutgers camps I was at in the summer. And I thought he was a like a Juco prep guy. So I wasn't sure. I was like, you know what, maybe, you know, there's so many guys that are there. It's like, all right, you, you kind of write them off sometimes. Like, oh, you're, mm-hmm. not, you're not a high school guy, you know, not thinking much of it. Uh, but I remember him, if he's a guy who I thought he was, being be very productive, having a quick burst off the ball. And same thing in this camp setting. You, you don't know who these kids are. Um, and you're like, wow, he's catching my eye. And you got to wait until either the camp is over or what I do. Um, when they, they go get some water, I, I try to catch them real quick just to get a name for the kid. And then I try to I have to look them up thereafter. Uh, but I remember him, um, you know, flashing quite a bit. Uh, at that camp uh, when I saw him. Uh, I think it was the same camp that Kevin Haywood from Archbishop Wood attended uh, and a couple of the younger guys that they offered. Uh, but I just remember when I saw the name and they offered, I'm like, wow, okay, this kid's, this kid's pretty good. Um, they're, they traditionally have recruited out of um, Ontario and uh, Ottawa and Toronto. So this is a, a Quebec guy. Um, Syracuse has had some pretty good success with some players out of Quebec um, since Dino Babers is there. Um, you know, he, he checks a lot of boxes. I mean, he's a guy I feel, and tell me if I'm wrong, Bobby, if, if he was down in the States in a high school, you know, maybe a more high school, more notoriety, I feel mm-hmm. like he would have way more going on recruiting wise than what he did for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, and, and you know, you, you said it when you, when you see him at a camp, you, you kind of you, you know what talent looks like. You gravitate towards him. So if he's in that setting with with more college coaches and and, and more traffic, uh, recruiting traffic, so to speak, um, he would definitely definitely get a look. So um, you know, great point. And you know, you're always on point at the uh, at the camps. You know, I I always for those that don't know, I call Shaw the Bayer at the camps too. It knows everybody at the camps and can spot guys. I know that guy. Saw that guy. So um, always, always a, a, a great font of, of information that you bring there from those camps, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always, always fun, Bobby. All right. Well, there you have it, Sean. Thank you so much. Um, you know, thank you for listening. You can interact with myself or Sean on the roundtable on ScarletNation.com. We're there 24-7 on 24-7 Sports. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, jump on board. It's going to be nonstop action this week and every day. Uh, we'll see you again next time on the Scarlet Nation podcast. For Sean Brown, I'm Bobby Darren. Talk to you soon.